mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? So we're back and it is post Thanksgiving mm-hmm. preparing for Christmas. We're getting the house decorated. I've already bought Christmas presents. But I mean, which is really good for him. Mildred I'm Mr. Been, Procrastinator, <laughs> yeah. Mildred has been quite the helper for him with the online shopping. We've been working. I just want to go back. So for Thanksgiving, let me tell you. So Tim and I have been married 11 years what together like 14 ish maybe i don't mm-hmm. know something like that yeah less than half of those years have we gone to spend thanksgiving together and i think and then, that number goes down when you compare it to when i had to like come from work yes. or go to work so like last year he came from work very we were way done it was like <laughs> past pie you know i was there for leftovers yeah around two but I just want to say this year, not only did he get to come to it and then not work, mm-hmm. we rode in the same car over mm-hmm. there together and it was like we had a second fucking honeymoon. Right. This is a big deal in our world. Yeah. Big I thing. do think it's interesting and I hope all of you out there understand like that's special. Like, Oh, so yeah. Having that time with your family and with the people that you care about like is important and i think in my industry it's not normal so it's like people who've never had a holiday where they've had to think about whether or not they're going to mm-hmm. be there it, it it just it hits different you know yeah when you're like holy shit like every like when he walked in everybody's like tim is here yeah. like because it's like a big fucking deal mm-hmm. because like, he's actually there yeah like hospitality industry is the other end of the spectrum where you always have to think about it and because, healthcare, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are all those things where it's just like, oh yeah, you always, you all get the shitty end of the stick. Yeah, it's, it's rough. But we couldn't have a a holiday without a little, little something. Something. Nine one one was called. <laughs> oh there was God. a whole fucking thing. Yeah. So we've had some, we've had some times the past couple of days. But yeah. we're here mm-hmm. and we're recording. And at the end of the day, every everyone's okay. So I feel like we can joke about it pretty jovially um, now my yeah <laughs> at the time my favorite thing that was said after that after the ambulance the ambulance i mean my sister is out on her street like we're like go flag down the fucking fire truck down the ambulance <laughs> my favorite part was the neighborhood that uh my in-laws live in my sister yeah yeah is um a lot of older folks so my brother-in-law Shout out, Drew. Drew was like, oh, they're not going to get lost. They're used to coming to our neighborhood. (laughs) He was like, they know the street because there's like an old folks home that's like in one of these houses, like literally across the street. Another one that like, unfortunately, the lady passed away not too long ago. He's like, they know our street. And I'm like, they're going to see your address. I'm like, oh, yeah, no big whoop. (laughs) But, you know, we're fine. Yeah. It's fine. It was my mother. She's okay now, but 
<laughs> Anyways, more than you guys asked for about our personal lives and Thanksgivings. But we hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And if you work in the hospitality industry or any industry you had to work, I hope you had a good day at work. Exactly. Yep. So, actually getting into the actual stuff. <laughs> we're on episode 28, and this is the Henry episode. Okay. Henry is a Seawald, so he is Jessa's second. No, wait. Yes. Spurgeon is... Yeah. So, we've already had Spurgeon. Oh, uh, Garfield. Has, so Yes. Garfield. And then now we have Henry. But, you know, I had to mention... I have not mentioned um, middle names up to this point, but this seemed worth it. Okay. He is Henry Wilberforce. Oh, so Wilberforce. Spurgeon wasn't enough. Henry was too normal. <laughs> okay. So they had to give him the Wilberforce middle name because he is named after 18th century um, preacher. Wilberforce is, is uh, Matthew. Or, no, okay, sorry. Henry Wilberforce. So the Henry part is Matthew Henry, which is an 18th century preacher like, you know, Charles Spurgeon. Okay. Garfield. Mm-hmm. The Wilberforce is um, William Wilberforce, which was a member of British Parliament, I mean. Okay. So, yeah, so. First time mentioning, but I mean, that seemed worth it, right? It, yes. But when I hear the name Wilbur, first of all, I think of Wilbur Wildcat. Shout out. down. Yep, shout out all my U of A fans there. Um, That's the University of Arizona. So Wilbur Bear Wildcat. Down. And then I also think of Mr. Ed going Wilbur. <laughs> so in my head, it was just like a Wilbur force is like a group of horses that can talk. You know, whatever. Same <laughs> it's thing. It's the Wilbur force. So this episode is called Duggar's Room with the View. Mm-hmm. And it premiered March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 2009. <laughs> So this episode opens with this whole scene centered around James and basically how annoying everyone finds him. <laughs> now, is this the one that they said kind of did some stuff to animals? Yes, this is uh. him. So they left that part out conveniently for him. <laughs> but M- Michelle says that they call him Jamesy Bug because he's their energy bug. Because remember, it's not ENs when you're Michelle. It's INs. So yeah. he's their energy bug okay and um quite frankly i think joy can't fucking stand the kid she has such good like (laughs) sass eyebrows she says things like he's been reading for about an hour now or been on reading for about Mm -hmm. an hour now um but more than her words it's her face her it's her forehead she has fucking had it with this kid (laughs) and she says he hasn't done anything. <laughs> and I mean, she's just beyond annoyed. Which is funny because I think of think of and like remember Joy as being more of like a carefree spirit mm-hmm. herself. So it's just extra funny to watch her be so fucking irritated. Annoyed, yeah. Like in this moment it seems like I feel like you kind of He's that sibling to her in this moment that just fucking irks her soul. Mm, yeah. She's so irritated. <laughs> like, I don't know yep. why it's so funny to me, but it's hilarious. She has really good sass eyebrows. And I was wondering why 
and I'll ask you a question later um, in regards to her, but like because she's so like kind of goofy, I I find her kind of charming. Yeah, and she's was, not like the other girls. She's not polished. She's yeah. she's, she's just herself. Yeah, she's she feels her- like a regular kid, yeah, and none of the I, other ones do. Absolutely. And the thing I've realized too is that like I absolutely adore our director of ops at work. And she reminds me a little bit of our director of ops. Oh, really? So, so I'm like, maybe, like, it's just, like, the freckles and, like, the high cheeks. And, like, so it's just funny. because MD I f- has freckles? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. We call her MD because she she got promoted to a director position and I started calling her Madam Director. The first time I met her, I'm like, I need a curtsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Madam. Yeah. So she reminds me of Madam Director. So I'm like, oh, okay. that There it is. Interesting. Yeah. I like Joyanna for right now. <laughs> for now. Um, I think in general, we do like Joy, just so mm-hmm. you know. I, okay. I, you know, I try not to reveal too much, but in general, we like Joy. Okay. Can I confess something? Sure. I looked her up on Instagram. Oh, you did? I was just curious. And it was exactly for that reason. I'm like, oh, I found you charming as a child. Like, are you a douchebag as an adult? She's not a douche. And um, I didn't find anything with the blue check mark on Insta. But I did find, like, some fan pages. So I just looked at it. Oh, so because her name is Joy Foresight. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um so I looked Tim her up. Tim is I, going outside the parameters. I don't want to do right it again. Now. I feel like I soiled like my <laughs> reputation there. So anyway, the, like the purity of it all. Yeah, there is a point. Go ahead. Actually, Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So James has lost his phonics book, which I guess things like this happen often. <laughs> uh, Michelle says that of, of all her kids, he's always the one losing his chore pack, which we did talk about in the jurisdictions episode. Mm-hmm. It's just this little clip-on thing that tells them everything they need to do that day. It's like a badge it be, holder. Yeah, it yeah. is, literally. And it's like, it's not only their chores, like jurisdictions, but it's also what schooling projects they need to get done. Yeah. So Jill is the one telling him he needs to do his phonics and to find his book. And quite frankly, she seems annoyed too, but she is hiding it better than Joy did. She has really good mom pose. Yeah. Jill, like, she's got that built in, like, yeah. Like, she was kind of, like, on his level, and then she stood up, and she did that thing where, like, she put her hands, like, on her hips, like, kind of above her butt. Jill is not having it. And then, like, pointed her elbows straight backwards. That's such a mom pose. (laughs) (laughs) So, James heads off upstairs in search of this phonics book. And he's looking inside this built-in cabinet that they have, like, kind of, like, in the hallway landing type thing. That has an ironing board that, like, you know, folds out from it. Mm -hmm. Which, at first, I was like, why the fuck is, would there be the book in here? But then I realized it's because he's getting a key to unlock the door to a locked room. Well, so he walks up to that closet that he ends up going into and he goes to open it and it goes and then he goes, it's locked. It's always locked. 
And then that was when he got the key. Yeah. And at the time, my head didn't put two and two together. I thought he was just like, oh, this is this locked room. And then he's mm -hmm. looking for his fucking book in here. Because I could see little kids doing that shit. But But then I was also like, why was that door locked? Well, it's like They just had a bunch of crap in there. Yeah, it's like, I want to... I say... My head says it's an office because there's fucking desks and chairs. But there's not computer screens. It's file cabinets or whatever. There's like two desks... And it's a like bunch a, of crap. Yeah, it's it's like a catch-all room. It's like the <laughs> yeah, junk room. It's exactly. like what my sister calls their, um, she named their garage Chuck. She's like, it's <laughs> Chuck because we just chuck everything into yeah. it. This is their Chuck room, you know? Yeah. Um. So he's just kind of climbing around, going behind the desk, going through bags and stuff. And yeah. he's like finding and playing with like multiple Swiss Army knives. It's <laughs> He finds a cup in a bag. He's like, I knew there'd be a cup in here. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Everything <laughs> it, about it was weird. It was just an odd little scene. Um, but he's just going through all this shit. And then Jill gets on the intercom and says, like, James, I found it. You can come back down. Mm-hmm. And James goes, what'd she find? <laughs> so it's like he totally forgot in the moment where he was like, what? And then he was like, oh, yeah, I better get it moving. Or I, like something like that. Yeah. I just put that he's like a master procrastinator where it's like he will find anything to well, be like, oh, well, sorry. Well, Tim, he's, I... a, he's a Jamesy bug. Oh, he's God. their energy bug. Um, so, yeah, I only this whole scene is just one of the 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 longer focuses on a kid just for kind of the sake of nothing, you know, mm, it was up, a little filler up to this point. That was just kind of random. Everything mm-hmm. else has kind of been something to kind of move a storyline along. This was just the longest random thing I can think of. They need to now. pad the runtime. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the real plot of this episode Ooh. is that Lego Baby Cannon, the baby Jordan, of course, Jessa and Ginger are heading to New York for Boob and Michelle to appear on The View. Mm-hmm. Grandma Duggar says that she's going to, quote, fill in the gaps along with the older girls while they're away. Um, Then Jim Bob is talking to Jana and says, quote, I think y'all are going to do a little surprise for Mama. So y'all just handle it. (laughs) Um, Excuse me? When have they not ever (laughs) just handled it? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, please. Like, name a time we're waiting yeah so <laughs> and did you notice how pumped jessa and ginger were to like go with no kids oh yeah yeah it was like vacation. they were like it was palpable how excited they were to go on a trip and it was explained later on that like in the previous one whatever they had wherever they had gone they took the older kids so they're kind of making their way through yeah, yeah. so it's like i appreciate the fact that like they gave kind of the next gen a chance to go but I just think it was sad that you're like, oh, you're just pumped to go somewhere and like kind of only take care of yourself. Yeah, because mom's <laughs> got the baby, we hope. <laughs> one of you watches Jim Bob and then one of you is scot free. <laughs> like, you know, she like. watches Jim Bob. Yeah. Somebody has to wrangle those yellow underwear. <laughs> um, so the surprise is that they're going to decorate the. Oh, do you have something to? He did. I can I make a joke referencing yeah. the last episode. Yeah. In my notes, I wrote Jessa and Ginger, no kids, excited, and then I put Grandma Duggar, Jana and Jill, and then I put left behind. 
And then I put, That's pretty good. and then I wrote LOL next to it because I'm like, I need to make sure that this is a reference. That is pretty good. I will give you that. For people who need to expl- explain Kirk Cameron in the movies left behind, that's pretty fucking good. High five on that one. Um, anyways, so the surprise is that they're going to decorate their bathroom while mm-hmm. they're gone. Jill describes Jana as, quote, her, pa- her personality is more of a leader, which I think is a nice code for bossy as fuck. One of my favorite uh, books I've ever read was always Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants. Bossy Pants. And the whole point that she makes, if you never read it, fantastic read. And We love uh, Tina Fey. So. We do. That's true. Um, but in it, she's in like a business attire, like a white shirt and a tie. But then her arms that are kind of like against, her, like fist against her cheek, kind of like around her waist, is like a big hairy like man arm. And she always talks about, she was like, if you're a man and you have the same mentality and you act the same way you're uh assertive commanding correct yeah and when it's women they just say that you're bossy and here i am i'm totally you're i'm part of the problem you're supporting the patriarchy over here that's you know me so i will be straight out i had no idea that her and john david were twins oh you didn't oh i had no idea january 1990 they're just a few weeks uh younger than me okay yeah i had no idea until they mentioned it in this and then the only thing I wrote in this, when they were kind of talking about her being a good leader and kind of all that, she has like DJ Tanner energy. And that's obviously another reference to the last episode. Boom, boom. Um, just because there was like the way that that character was written was very much like I'm controlling the group. Like I'm kind of making sure the kids are good to go. You know what I mean? And she has the same curly hair. The, the same half curly. up. You exactly. Know, in the half exactly. up style. Yeah, and kind of like kind of like rounder cheeks, yeah. you know. Yeah, so she gives me big DJ Tanner energy. So the kids are just kind of going over what they plan to do for this bathroom decorating, blah blah blah, and of course that includes a deep cleaning. Mm-hmm. And Jill is sitting on the counter, and she's kind of just like running her hands over the counter, and she says, "Quote: There's a coating." I can feel it from Daddy's hairspray, (laughs) and it flashes to that grayed out type of scene, like like you see in infomercials and stuff. Yeah, yeah, where there's like everything's all grayed out, Mm -hmm. and it's just showing like boob, like going to town, like unloading an entire can of hairspray on his head, destroying the ozone layer. (laughs) Uh, I I think it's really thin right over Arkansas. Um, and then they just have some of the middle and younger kids cleaning the bathroom. Not too much to report. Do you have anything? No. Um, it was kids cleaning a bathroom. Yeah. I mean, it was whatever. like herding cats and they were all talking really loud. Herding duggers. I am on. I, start, I said in the visuals the other week <laughs> that we need to officially change herding <laughs> yeah. cats because, number one, offensive <laughs> to cats, to herding duggers because I feel like that paints a more clear picture yeah. of the uh, difficulties in gathering. So. Well, Mildred's passed out in my legs right she now, says, so she's cats. not offended at all. But she's like, hurting cats, you mean hurting Duggars? <laughs> so next scene, Jana, John, David, and Joe rocking the Our Apostle shirt again, might I add. Mm-hmm. And Josiah head into none other, none other than Hobby Lobby, <laughs> which we know to be a funder of IBLP, mm-hmm. which I talked about in a long ago deep dive. In my notes, I wrote Hobby Lobby, go figure. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, to shop for decor. Jana is annoyed AF <laughs> because John David insists on buying this like garden ball thing. It's like a disco ball. Yeah, it's it's reddish in color, but it's mirrored yeah. like a disco ball, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not meant to be hung or anything like that. Like it's a garden ball. Like so it's a disco ball, but not like all at the same time. Right. Then John David ends up walkie talking that's a word. Boob <laughs> about what candle scent to go in the bathroom that Michelle likes. And I mean it just took me back. I completely forgot that those walkie-talkie feature cell phones even existed. Did you? Oh, I totally remember. I, like, because I, I never had one and I always wanted one, but then I never had anyone to talk to with it. So well, I mean, it was just such a step back in time. I'm like, holy shit. Like the noise that it makes. Because it was There's a that broop. specific noise that it mm-hmm. makes. And yeah, so they're kind of like walkie-talking back and forth on their yeah. phones. See, that always triggers a memory in me to like boost mobile. Oh, yeah. Because the commercial was them talking about why that was a cool thing. And then at the end of it, it would go, Booze Mobile, where you at? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yep. But in case you're wondering, which you weren't, but Lego suggests birthday cake. And he says, quote, it's a really neat flavor. But John David lets him know that birthday cake isn't 50% off. So Boob says, just get whatever's a uh, 50% off that she likes. I wrote this entire conversation down. But I, th- I think they're asking what she likes, and I don't think anyone knows. That's... Including Michelle. <laughs> that right there is the truest thing you've ever said on this podcast. But I, I wrote that entire conversation down because it was John David going, "What what's mom's favorite scent? And then he says, birthday cake. I think it's a neat flavor neat flavor and then he's like well birthday cake isn't 50 percent off so and lego hair goes well just get her what's 50 percent off that she likes that's why they called called you that is (laughs) why they called you was to talk about what What scent does she like (laughs) no it's oddly infuriating. I, I don't know. I wrote this entire thing in capital We're letters. We're very triggered by this scene for whatever fucking reason. Birth. I don't know if it's the birthday cake, if it's Hobby Lobby, or him calling food. something neat. I know. There's a lot of triggers here. Tim's dad says the word neat. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some underlying feelings, but we are very triggered by this. Oh entire man, scene. I was so annoyed watching because I knew the thing is I knew it was coming. I knew as soon as he was like, well, that one's not 50% off. I'm like, homie going to say something real dumb. <laughs> and he pulled and through. And he did. <laughs> okay, so now it's the day of their view appearance. <laughs> so John David is digging around in the closet, and he's pulling out a teeny tiny little TV that they have so that they can watch it. Joy says they never watch TV only if mom and dad are gone, maybe out on a date, and they're being mm-hmm. being babysat, which goes along with what we learned last episode, where that's when they would watch Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. I I did point out that they she specifically said if uh, if Jill, Jill is babysitting us, and I'm Jill. like, oh, so Jill lets him watch TV, which I will say I think kind of comes from. We'll talk about it later in a future deep dive, but they have buddy teams. Jill is the top of Joy's buddy team, so I kind of think in those moments, even if all the older kids are 
mm-hmm. babysitting, like they kind of go to like their their big buddy, you know. Correct. Yeah. So they ask if, um, like, it's like the camera guys. They they ask Joy if they watched her own show, and Joy says that they go over to Aunt Deanna's house to watch the show. So is that, that Famie's mom? That is Famie's mom. I figured, and she it would says be. an Uncle Terry, and that's yeah. Okay. So that's them. So it's Deanna's house that they go and watch stuff at. And I I want to say that at some point in the show we do see them actually go over to watch it. I can't remember okay. where this happens, but I vaguely remember it. Mm-hmm. So, John David gets the TV all set up, complete with bunny ear antennas and the whole thing. And we even get to see, like, an ancient-looking Olive Garden commercial playing in the background. <laughs> when you hear your family! <laughs> um, and the kids start to gather around when suddenly Joy goes up to the TV <laughs> and places her hand over part of the screen. Ugh. Luckily, the screen is so small, her whole palm covers it. <laughs> so forget a uh, Paw Patrol. Joy <laughs> is on Palm Patrol. Oh man, that's that's gnarly. Nicely done. Thank you. Nicely thank done. You. That was Palm rough. Patrol. That was rough. Uh, my joke or the scene? Uh, the scene. The, the exactly. Yeah. I think it's a funny <laughs> joke. Anyways, so a cameraman asked Grandma, "Do you really think that's a bad joke?" <laughs> Anyways, uh, a cameraman asks Grandma why Joy is doing that, and she says mm-hmm. she's covering up the immodest dress. Uh, she's been trained to do that for the boys. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, Joy has her palm on the on the screen, mm-hmm. and she says because they have low cuts. Because they have low cuts. Yep. The cameraman then asks Joy the same question directly: Why did you cover up the television for the boys? And Joy says, because it was this defrauding. Part was, this part was painful. And it's kind of in like a question mark inflection type tone. She's hoping she got the right answer. Because it was defrauding? Yeah. So Josiah says, why she put her hand over the television, she had a she had a low cut, you know, it was defrauding. Yep. Which was the most robotic I've ever heard Josiah speak. <laughs> Up to this point. He did say it was defrauding, and then kind of as a last thing, he says, to men. To men, yes. Yeah. So the cameraman asked Joy, what does that mean? She says, it means like they're not dressed very good. It's yep. like, I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a pop-up on the screen gives a definition of defrauding as we know it, which is stirring up sensual desires that cannot be righteously fulfilled. Correct. So it's kind of that typical little kid thing where, like, there's a part of you that gives the benefit of the doubt. Kids spout off a lot of shit that they've been taught and they don't really Mm -hmm. understand. Correct. So to me, there's, like, partially that kind of just, like, kid aspect to it. Mm -hmm. She's also fucking 11. Okay. (laughs) She's, so yeah. she's not that young. Like, she's young. Correct. But she's not that young. Yeah. So, but then you're also like, this is also just the parroting that we mm-hmm. always talk about. The way, like, Josiah said that, like, a fucking robot, like, Wally, you know? <laughs> so then Jana says, our little ones sometimes take it to the extreme, like if a girl is sleeveless. Then it cuts back to the camera guy asking Joy, why the boys can't see that. And Joy's response is, um, 
by the way, so she's saying um, and it's like full of like the biting of the lip while mm-hmm. thinking type yep. body language. And finally, she just says, because it's bad. Yep. Like you With have the no question idea. Mark. Yeah, she has you no have idea. You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yep. You're just told it's bad, so it's bad. Mm-hmm. It, you're told this is defrauding. Do Which this is bad. for the boys, and mm-hmm. it's bad. Yeah. It, this whole part was rough because it was everything we talk about where it's like they're just going to they're gonna parrot the the things they've been taught. Yeah. They have no investment. They have They don't understand why their parents think it's a thing. It just feels so like... Well, like it takes me back to my like, okay, so like Mormons, you know, they're like, don't drink coffee, right? <laughs> and my mom always tells the story of like being in the grocery store and having my older sister Heather in the cart and the lady in front of them at checkout was buying coffee and Heather just like loudly was like, mom, that lady's buying coffee. <laughs> but it's just because little kids are just like, we're taught this is bad. This is and what that's we do. It. But like, th- yeah. it's not like she understood anything behind what she was doing, saying what the fuck ever, you know, yeah. they I just, will... go ahead. No, well, I'm I was just going to say, I, th- I think what's fascinating about watching this show is that because like my elementary school was like half a block away from a mormon church which means that my high school was like a block away from a mormon church i was very close so i had a lot of mormon friends they were in all the marching band and like groups that i was in um and growing up catholic i always felt like mormons were like the super restrictive religion and be- Ain't got shit on this. <laughs> I know. And that's what's, but what's weird to it is because I grew up that way and I was like, oh, they're not allowed to drink caffeine. The fact that like the Duggars can drink caffeine seems so weird to me. Oh, I know. It, but it, that just goes to show you all the like the picking and choosing of whatever fucking sect you're in. It's like <laughs> they decided that. But the, you know what the funny part is? Mm-hmm. In like the technical thing that Mormons like quote is a thing about hot drinks. So on that technicality, you're not supposed to have tea hot cocoa it's literally hot drinks and they turned it into caffeine i could have swore it was like, caffeine but but that's what it's turned into that's wow. my point it's turned into this whole thing on caffeine but then we fucking drink soda that has caffeine in it or um but like you're not railing against herbal like so then my mom would be like no you're supposed to have herbal tea because it's caffeine free but at no point does anything actually say it's the caffeine it says hot drinks interesting because your mom told me Spoiler, there was a point where we lived in uh, Whitney's mom's house. Um, but there was a point where she told me she was like, it had to do with uh, the word n- of wisdom. Yeah, it was like not not having your body affected by a like something like having not having your body but affected it, by a chemical that's but it different. Got so turned that's, into that. Yeah. It, the original thing was hot drink. Anyways, that's I could go so on this wild. forever. Um there was a a voiceover. Uh, there was a a thing with um, Baby Cannon during. Yeah. Oh this. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you probably have it verbatim. I'm assuming, right? Do you want me to read it? Go ahead. I mean, if you want to go for, I don't want to be like I don't have that it verbatim. Person. Okay. So. Michelle says, especially for the older guy boys, they're growing into manhood. They need to learn self control. Oof. And I think our eyes, especially for men. Because not men, men, it's men. Men. Their eyes are the door to their heart. Um, I think Can she I... means. <laughs> you think she means what? 
<laughs> I'm just going to say that there is, I think she means hard on. <laughs> <laughs> See, my joke that I was going to make is I love Kristen Shawl. She was in the, the Flight of the Concords. She was really big in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Very funny stand-up comedian, writer. Um, but there's a line where she has where she was like, you know, my mom always told me that the way to a man's uh, heart was through his stomach. So I needed to learn how to cook. And I've found a convenient uh, detour through the penis. <laughs> So that's what, that's what I thought of during this. Uh, well, their eyes are the door to the heart. <laughs> There's if, another way. And if they can control their eyes, they're going to. If they can't control their eyes, they're going to struggle with other things. Hmm. Gee, like what, Michelle? Because, because at the beginning of her quote, she's like, "We've, you know, modesty is very important. Not letting somebody see you that way, and we teach them very quickly that if you go into the bathroom, you need to lock the door so nobody accidentally walks in on you." And the first thing Jerking that went it. through my head during that time <laughs> was, "What the fuck does a bathroom have to do with this?" And I was like, "Oh, they lived in a house with sex pest." Okay, yeah. never mind. Now that makes <laughs> it all a, makes sense. It, it's all coming back around. <laughs> okay, so this next scene, you have no idea, Tim, how long I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment. Okay. It's back to Jana, and they're asking what they do. Because remember how earlier she was just like, some of the little ones take it to the extreme. So it's back Correct. to the same kind of like interview. <laughs> um, they ask what, they're, what they do when there's a woman in public who's immodestly dressed. And she says, quote, if we're walking past a girl that is immodestly dressed, we'll call out Nike and all the boys will immediately put their heads down and walk past. And then we'll say, like, all done. And it's our code word. Tim, you have no idea the restraint I've shown not saying Nike to you a million times. And how long have we had this fucking podcast? Over six months? This is 20, episode 28. Yeah, I mean... You have no idea the amount of times just out in everyday life I've wanted to say Nike to you. And I I held it in because I wanted you to experience this organically. So you showed self-control? I did. Oh, wow, I fucking Michelle would did. be very proud She'd of you. She'd be very proud. Um, I'm just so excited that now it's out there. So now we can use this in like everyday vernacular. Oh, I'm so excited. And I feel like you and I have a lot of things that way where it's like stories or jokes or memes that we know. So I can look at you and be like bitch eating crackers. And and we know exactly what each other is talking about. So I feel like that's what this is going to turn into. You don't understand. Like I was like, oh my God. Like when I knew this episode was coming, I was like, oh my God. Like I'm so excited. Oh, come down Kristen Wiig. Yeah, I feel like her. What's her name in that? What's that character's name? I feel like her. I'm like, they say Nike. I'm so freaking excited. So freaking excited. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Can Can we explain one thing? Sure. Can you explain for our listening friends what bitch eating crackers means? It's a, you know, those old like meme cards that looked like old cards. They were like pink and. It was green. literally a website that was called Some E Cards. There you go. E-cards. Yeah. So it had like an old kind of like Cheers intro style drawing. But it was and like, then they put funny modern things and to it, it. You know, when you're already annoyed with something, everything they do becomes, you know, 
something or like annoying or whatever and it's like look at that bitch over there eating crackers like she owns the place <laughs> so now whenever like so we'll just be talking and i'll be like and i don't know if in this situation i'm getting all bitch eating crackers or if it actually is annoying yeah like, yeah so, so it's, it's that like, thing of like you already don't like somebody so you're, you're going to judge everything that so they do like, we're talking like everyday life and i'm like am i be a bitch am i having a bitch eating crackers moment yeah. or is this legit and he's like no that's legit he's like mm, you're a bitch eating cracker like yeah. you know like at work recently, I had a thing, and I was just like, I feel like it's just totally a bitch-eating crackers moment, and Madam Director had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> we need people to understand bitch-eating crackers. Bitch-eating crackers. Anyways, so we're back to kids watching TV. We've gone far off this time. So they watch the View segment, and there's not a ton to report on it. But in her talking head, Michelle said it was a good interview and so nice and um, even fun. It was fun. Even the pokes of different comments that have that they made genuinely, I think, were a lot of fun. So, anyways, she said that Joy, um, view Joy, not Palm Patrol Joy. Um, <laughs> Joy cares? had said she hoped they didn't offend them, and Michelle said no, it was fun, and they asked a lot of questions that the audience would want to know. Mm-hmm. And shout out to another SNL reference. There's a. They do the view for a while, and Fred Armisen so plays Joy Behar, and it's so funny. <laughs> so what? Who, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So what? <laughs> so now they're on the final push to the to finish the bathroom before mm-hmm. Lego and Michelle get home. Yeah. John David is now describing Jana as quote she's more of a let's get it done type person. <laughs> So again, bossy. Um, whereas I am, I'll take my time when I'm done doing something kind of person. And he's saying this so slow where I'm like, oh, no fucking kidding. You're like, come on, speed it up. <laughs> you know, where I'm like, God, maybe I'm a Jana. Like in this moment, I'm like, am I a Jana? Because this, the molasses like pace at which he's talking, I'm like, fucking spit it out, John. Anyways, oh, can you tell I've had a few drinks tonight? <laughs> So they end up hanging a hideous mirror, an ugly ass shower curtain, and um, even John David's garden ball hanging from the ceiling. It's so ever all the decor that they picked is so it's of the bad. era. It's not. But it's, it's it's just it it's just bad. Yeah, it's that like weathered dark picture frame that has the mirror in it and like patchworky shower curtain. Yeah, very and, ugly. And like the the wrought iron like towel holder they put on the wall was very of the time yes yeah, no i good. literally just put like everything that they use was very of the time no good yeah so now jim bob michelle and the girls they arrive home and they're passing out souvenir new york shirts that mm-hmm. they got everyone no they weren't used <laughs> but boob did make a point to mention that he got them seven for ten dollars which is a crazy fucking cheap deal over and over and over. He, he mentioned sure it over and over. And they're at a point where one of the kids is talking to talking to Baby Cannon about something. And like all the siblings are slowly talking going. to each other. And he's still just standing in this group being like, well, maybe maybe we got it for seven for ten, for ten, you know, well, maybe it was fourteen, and I don't know, you know, we got a we got a really smoking deal. Nobody cares. <laughs> they just no, want their fucking shirt. And your move kids on. do not care how much the New York T-shirts that you bought costed. Exactly. 
But I will say it's funny because during this whole thing where he's still going on about these shirts, there's kind of this side conversation going on, which is kind of funny because I feel like a lot in the show, they haven't filmed moments where I feel like there's a lot going on at once and they're not focusing on one thing. Mm. This was a filming of like a million separate things happening that I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? You know? But basically, a lost boy, I didn't catch which one it was, was asking Michelle if um, if they got to meet Opie. Opie, yeah. And she says that they did. And the kid says, he was on before you guys. So mm-hmm. clearly, Ron Ho- Howard was also a guest on the same episode of Correct. The View that they were. Mm-hmm. So just kind of ironic that Andy Griffith is the one and only TV show they got to watch. <laughs> yeah. And he just happened to be on the same episode as their parents mm-hmm. so that they got to see their interview. So then they got to see his interview. So I'm Correct. like, that's kind of a little full circle, kind of an exciting day to be a Duggar kid. Right. Got to catch maybe a glimpse of a shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> You got to see Opie and your parents on TV. I mean, what a day. Wow. Exciting. Yeah. And tater tot casserole. Oh, well, that's what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's way later. First, they take they lead the parents upstairs to the bathroom. And it's about what you expect. There's a lot of, <laughs> oh, wow. There's a lot of wow. There's a lot of neats. <laughs> and um, regarding the candle, she says, that's what smells so good. Yeah. So apparently they picked right. <laughs> I think Michelle doesn't know, so it's right. Mm-hmm. So the bathroom has the garden ball hanging from the ceiling with the flashlight, so it's super janky because, like I said, yeah. it's not really a it's not really a disco ball. Yeah. I'm kind of with Jana on this one, but Agreed. John David says. I wanted to put something in the bathroom that would just not fit, you know? Look weird, and I think we accomplished it. And I think he did. <laughs> then the episode ends with them eating dinner, and like Tim has revealed, it's tater tot casserole. Mm. And Boob says, Mmm, wow, my favorite. Tater tot casserole. Mmm. So much mm. wow. He says, Mmm, a lot. Mm hmm. I just want to say, out of 28 episodes, this is only the fourth time they've seen, eaten, mentioned tater tot casserole. I was kind of expecting more. Hmm. Interesting. So, fourth out of 28. I just thought about something that we're going to include in the visuals, because I will find it. Um, (laughs) Wrecking the joint. Um, In the early days of, like, DVDs, when you would buy or rent DVD movies. In the very beginning, they had um, like this part before the trailers and it would be like, here's a something along the lines of like, here's a sample of like upcoming presentations or something like that. And it was this weird mural that would kind of just like float in from the left, but it was like tan, like that yellowish tan and then, like, a patchwork of, like, maroon and brown and, like, blue. The shower curtain? That is exactly what the shower curtain I don't know what you of. were talking about, oh, but as soon as man. you explained it, I was like, oh, that's their shower curtain. Oh, man. I'm going to find, I'm well, going to watch an it. old DVD, and it's going to say something like, here's. <gasps> no, wait a minute. I just, no. It Do just you know came, what I'm talking yes, about? It just came to me no right shit. now. No shit. Okay. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. I know. And now, it was before, and now our feature presentation, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is he talking yes. about?" It just flashed yes. into my brain. 
it's such a core memory yeah, of sure, like sure. early days. Yeah. That is that was the motif. I was of- like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And then I was like, oh yeah, that. I know what you mean. I'm so glad you got it. Yep. Because <laughs> the thing about me and Whitney is that like we're not exactly the same age, but there's a good amount of like overlap when it comes to like references we're that we get. Three years apart. But like I feel like there's this really weird thing where like I was I was in that weird era of the 80s where like I'm legitimately right in the middle between like an 80s kid and a 90s kid. It does blow my mind sometimes when I talk about some of my like my punky like emo like music from high school and he'll be like I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like you so it's like cuz he was in college. And I'm like you didn't listen to that? Like yeah. so we do have some things where I'm like are you kidding me? How do mm-hmm. you not know this? But yep. I don't know. It's weird. Like, I always tell people, like, I have such vivid memories of, like, Gen 1 Transformers and, like, Ninja Turtles, but those were a little bit before my time. But it's like, I have memories of those, but then I was also, like, a Power Rangers kid. Fuck yeah. I was I was totally a Power Rangers yeah. kid. The putties? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell a funny Power Rangers story? Sure. Real quick before we go to break. All right. Real quick before we go to break. I just told my... I play... Um, I play Rocket League with a couple of my cooks. We're on the same team. Mildred's our coach. Um, and I was telling him the story. She got we were... them shirts last year for Christmas legitimately. Yes, she did. Rocket League shirts. Um, so we were talking about Power Rangers because, shout out, Tommy the Green Ranger just Ugh, passed away, which he sucks. He was my crush. Which sucks. He was the he was the ranger that every boy wanted to be, and I every girl wanted him. Exactly, I wanted him. Exactly, I, I literally remember having <laughs> dreams about him. He, it was that ponytail and then that green you know, or that gold shield he wore around his neck. It was the pony for me. I was like, <laughs> "Damn, you edgy!" For me, it was the shield. <laughs> um, so the the story I wanted to tell was I remember I was in kindergarten kindergarten or first grade one of the two and we would watch they would play power rangers every morning and then they would replay it at like three in the afternoon and i remember we would watch it in the morning as we were getting ready for school and then we would go there and in morning recess we would rehash what happened in the episode and everybody had the role that they played in this little group of friends that i had and i will I honestly can say that I do not remember the name of any of those kids from like kindergarten or first grade, but I remember I was always Tommy. Well, that's great because I was always Kimberly. <laughs> Every time I played with Corey from across the street, I was Pink Ranger Kimberly. Heck yeah, pterodactyl. So I remember the ep- there was an episode where at the very end, Tommy and Kimberly kissed. And you and I are Look at us. You were Tommy. I was Kimberly. It was meant to be. Oh, my God. This is sweet. Are you ready for my funny little kid story? You've heard this a couple times. I don't know. So I remember we would reenact every episode of Power Rangers because we would watch it Monday through Friday, and then we'd go and we'd play it, and then we'd go inside and go to school. And the episode that ended – remember, this is like – this is like clockwork. Like we had this that we knew that the second that morning reset, <laughs> when we got there, we would make a beeline for the for the playground. And I knew that I would have to find the rest of my ranger friends. And then we would reenact <laughs> what happened in the episode. So I will never forget the episode where at the end, Kimberly and Tommy kissed. 
I remember showing up and not walking to the playground with as much gusto as I usually you did. You didn't want to kiss her? I, I walked real slow. <laughs> Wait, it gets, be- it gets better. It gets better. Because it wasn't me as Kimberly? Is well, that what yes. you're saying? Well, yeah. You know. So I walked really slow to the playground. And then I got there, and then my friends were like, did you watch the episode this morning? And I was like, no, I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I was so like, I was, it was probably the worst acting job too. I was like, no, uh, no, no, I I, uh, had stuff to do. I must have missed it. So here's my thing. (laughs) So you didn't do it. We didn't know. And the thing is, I took so long to get there that like, by the time I like finagled and pretended that I hadn't like watched it, it was kind of time to start going in. But here's the thing. So the next day you guys didn't still pick up at like, oh, well, we missed that episode. We started at the next day. We started at the episode for the next day. You guys were very... I dodged, I dodged a bullet there so as a kid. You don't know who played Kimberly, what your friend's name was? I don't. I um I actually my parents still have all of my like class pictures. So I think what I need to do is find my kindergarten your, your picture. Kimberly. You need to find and then your need, Kimberly. I need to see um excuse me, I need to find my previous Kimberly. Thank <laughs> you. I found the Kimberly. Oh, so. I'm honored. Honey, you're my Kimberly. Oh god. That's <laughs> But for good. real. Rest in power, Green Ranger. He's great. Great. Yep. I had such a crush. He just passed away a week ago. Mm-hmm. I just my f- talked about him in stories this week because he was such a major crush for me. Yep. One of my favorite um, kind of personalities through like G4 and like Twitter and like some other stuff is actually Austin Creed, the wrestler. And him and Kofi, who's on his team in, in WWE, have, because he's a nerd, all of his like wrestling outfits are kind of like an ode to some semblance of nerd stuff that he likes. So this past week, they actually wrestled in the White Ranger and Green Ranger outfits that they have, and it's actually pretty cool. So I'd love to put that in visuals because it was like a really cool shout out. And like Austin had we'll do bonus with that. Yeah, and Austin had like met him, and he was like, "Dude, he was exact. He was exactly as cool as I always uh, imagined the him to be." Fucking Tommy. I mean, yeah. So he was just like, I had this idea in my head as a little kid that like he was going to be this cool, and he and I met him, and he was amazing. So, um. Rest in power, Green Ranger. Yep. Power rest in power ranger. Rest in power ranger. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we will that was a long one, I'm sure. All um, right, Mike Kimberly, we're gonna take a break. Damn. <laughs> we'll see you in a bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance for this. I think this might be the longest episode ever. I'm going to estimate. It's going to be longer than our season seven of Monk <laughs> recap. I'm I'm predicting at she this point. She apologizes every time. Uh, because we just barely got through the episode recap and we're already clocking 50 minutes. This is a good episode though. But I haven't even deep dived. I think we're, we're looking at a two hour. I think. You know, so here's the thing. You can divide this into two parts, so you can, you can listen to this on two days. It's going to be a long one. Every time you post that, 
Now it feels like you're fishing because everyone always goes, no, we love the long episodes. What do you so. mean? That's not what I'm doing at all. <laughs> Everybody loves it. Every every comment that we got the last time was like, we love. I'm not fishing. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Okay. What's the deep dive on? So this week, the, I'm not fishing. <laughs> this week's deep dive is inspired by Joy and her Palm Patrol. <laughs> That's still a good joke. And it's <laughs> oh good, you admit it's good. Thank you. Um, it's about modesty, but more specifically, it's about Bill Gothard's thoughts on appearance, really as a whole. Okay. I say that because rather than a super direct list of like seven ways to not be a slut or you know or whatever. <laughs> It, it's all kind of hidden within, like, amongst these other things that, like, I'll kind of explain as we go along. Okay. okay. So, the main source for today is the Advanced Seminar Textbook. Um, In the book, first there, oh, you know, and it's funny. Actually, I, when I was kind of just, you know, doing my general, like, running through all the different sources I have, mm-hmm. they do have this... Also in Wisdom Booklet 15, which is, of course, what they teach the kids in homeschool. Okay. But I'm not going to say it doesn't happen any other times. Just up to this point, it's the first time I've noticed that on a topic, it is completely word for word, graphic for graphic, mirrored what is in the advanced seminar. Usually, you'll hmm. kind of t- pull bits and pieces will be in the Wisdom Booklets. It's like filtered to the kids. This is literally everything the same in the wisdom booklet with the advanced seminar, which is intended for adults. Okay. So, um, just interesting. So, I was looking and I I did compare just to make sure that one of them didn't, you know, bring up something the other didn't. Mm -hmm. Nope. They're the exact same. Wow. So, I guess I could say that those are both my references in the sense that they're the exact Mm -hmm. same fucking thing. So, in the advanced seminar book, at first they're talking about Adam and Eve first being like okay with being like naked and they're like unashamed and stuff and then they kind of have like their oh shit moment and they're frantically (laughs) sewing together fig leaves um into aprons been there to like to cover themselves um i mean the bible doesn't say frantic but i imagine it to be (laughs) frantic don't you they're like oh shit we need some leaves you know so from there, it goes directly into learn 10 ways to direct the eyes of others to your countenance. Mm. You know, because if they say anything else, you know, there might be some lusting involved. That's true. So I don't know if I've mentioned this previously or not. Forgive me if I have. But did I tell you what I thought countenance was as a child? No. Like when you were watching this show or when you were younger? Younger. Okay. So... I didn't even I know cannot, the word countenance when I was younger, I cannot so. recall if countenance was brought up in church. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody else that's Mormon can confirm whether they heard that term or not. Okay. But I do specifically remember my father using the word. And mm. he always said it in the way of like, she had such a joyful countenance. So as okay. a kid, I thought can countenance referred to like your aura or like your vibe. Mm-hmm. Not your face. Because you know what I mean? Like joyful countenance. I meant that was just like how you like. The air about Yeah, your air about you. I had no fucking clue for years that it literally was your face. But do you know what I mean? When you say joyful countenance, I'm like, oh, she's like a fucking joyful person, you know? (laughs) 
so then my mind was blown. I'm like, it means your face? Like, <laughs> I, I was taken aback. Or a face. Yes. So, um, number one, so the, it's the, we're back to 10 ways to direct the eyes okay. to your countenance. Number one is wear a smile. <laughs> Says your face reveals your inner attitudes and your needs, your joys, mm-hmm. your struggles, and your victories. Um, goes okay. on to say a cheerful countenance provides a ministry of encouragement to others, but can also cancel out the effect of your words because expression is so powerful. <laughs> Which they would fucking hate me because I have serious countenance. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you can't really hide your feelings in you your know, countenance. I think that I am stone-faced. No. And then everybody, like, my, like not even a couple of weeks ago, we are cleaning up my mom's house. My sister's like... Oh my god, your face! Like when, like she said something, or like when I was a waitress. Oh man, that's when it really became apparent to me. Like I remember literally like waiting tables, and like I had tables word for word say to me, "I wish you could see the face you just gave me." And I was like, "Oh shit!" But it's because they're saying fucking stupid. Like when I'd give like the bread options, they'd be like the brown one, and so apparently I made a face, or I'd be like cheese uh, american cheddar swiss mm-hmm. or pepper jack and they'd be like mozzarella and apparently i make a face <laughs> i don't know but in my head i'm like stone-faced but uh, yeah. that's not what happens no not remotely so my countenance is an issue <laughs> any hoozle i like your countenance thank you honey <laughs> but you can't hide anything on it i i can't <laughs> But just to make you feel extra guilty and aware that you're never allowed to not be just perfectly smiley and joyful. Bill says um, a sad countenance demonstrates a selfish spirit because it forces sympathy from others to figure out what's wrong. Okay. Or if it's not that, they look away because it makes them feel awkward. I think um, it's mostly that second one. It's legit what it says. No oh. no frowns allowed. Actually, no facial expressions besides a smile allowed is basically how I take that. We don't know how to maturely deal with emotions. So smile. Can you please smile so I don't have to deal? So I don't have to ask you what's wrong. I don't have to feel awkward. Please smile. <laughs> There's a song by Bo Burnham where he talks about things that are like sad. And he was like, oh, the, you know, it's the worst part about having to deal with all these sad things is not going through with it ourselves. It's the rest of us that have to deal with all of you. <laughs> like some, al- some along those lines. Bill agrees. <laughs> now we're getting into the part of this where it's like we're reading an issue of like Marie Claire or something. <laughs> It's number two. It is to choose colors which enhance your skin tones. Please. It talks about the creator's color. Mildred just ran in here like a fucking maniac. You know when animals get zoomies? She like zoomied in and like ran into our closet. Now she's acting like nothing happened. (laughs) Now she's all slow. Sauntering (laughs) past me. Okay. Did you realize that you weren't helping us with the deep dive and you went, oh, shit, 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 shit. Okay, so you are, um, so it talks about the creator's plan of nature. Okay. And goes into the seasonal color palettes, 
winter, summer, autumn, and spring. Which a thousand percent makes me think of a Gilmore. I've been on a November to me is Gilmore Girls rewatch. That's mm-hmm. just inherently like Gilmore Girls is fall. So there's an episode where it's Rory's 16th birthday and the grandparents, Richard and Emily, show up at, you know, the one that Lorelai's throwing and, you know, mm-hmm. they're uppity and like yeah. proper and rich. So it's not their thing. So Rory gives him a magazine to read on the porch and she comes out later and she asks him, what's the ver- verdict? And he says, I am an autumn. <laughs> so like he took one of the like little quizzes. So when I was reading this, I'm like, this is 100% that scene. Her dad is so good. I am an autumn. <laughs> Anyways, so he goes to explain the importance of wearing the right colors next to your face to smooth and clarify your complexion and minimize lines, shadows, and circles. Wearing the wrong colors make you look pale, sallow, and muddy. Mm. That's, that's That sounds oddly racist. <laughs> it's just so weird to put emphasis on shit like this. Like, we're going to take this religious text and be like, make sure you, if you're an autumn, you're wearing autumn. Find out if you're a winter and wear those colors. It's just so weird. Can I, um, Bill Gothard, old white man? Yes. Do you think that he's really somebody that should be telling anybody about, like, maybe I think the he should color, not telling color, anybody about anything. The color palettes that they Nothing. should be wearing, maybe to enhance their countenance. Or, Nothing at all. You know, we wouldn't go to him for uh, his opinions on, like, hip hop beefs. So maybe we sh- he should stay out of, like, fashion. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, number three, he starts talking about hair. And it's to choose a hairstyle which complements the shape of your face. Which, that's not wrong. But it's so weird to put in religious text. Exactly. It it mentions all the different face shapes and tells you to choose a hairstyle (laughs) that frames your face that will, quote, ovalize the shape of your face as much as possible. So he's telling you what he likes. Oh, that's ex- that's exactly what I write. Yes, that's exactly yes. what this he entire thing He doesn't like thing a round like. face. He doesn't like a square face. He doesn't like a heart shaped face. He wants it to be oval. Cut your hair to make it mm-hmm. the most oval because I like it. Yeah, <laughs> square faces. Am I right? Right. <laughs> it even has a little diagram of different face shapes Ugh. with different hairstyles. One clearly that Bill thinks looks bad, but it has no caption under it, and the other is captioned better. Oh. <laughs> So, really, like, I, I wrote this. It's all Bill's personal preference. Well, yes. But, um, because oddly enough, each of the betters are of longer hairstyles. Okay. So, Bill um, liked them long hair. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I really should have consulted Bill last <laughs> week before I had you cutting my hair in the front yard. That's true. And coloring it. Yeah. Yeah. I really should have talked to him. How autumn adjacent is the color that you picked? And I'd be like, is my face ovalized? <laughs> I need to know. I'm sorry to air this out on a podcast where there's other people listening, but I wish you would ovalize more. (laughs) I tried to say that in the most ridiculous way I could because it's real. Everything about this is D-U-M dumb. Ovalize your face. (laughs) I really wish mama was more ovalized, you know? (laughs) Anyways, back to hair. Now it seems to focus on male hair because of new diagrams while not actually saying in the text that mm-hmm. it's males, but it's just showing what they would they would refer to as male haircuts. 
They say that fine hair should be cut short to add thickness and volume. <laughs> um, and I think Bill hates curly hair on men. Damn. Because he seems to have strong feelings on the matter. Uh, he says, quote, curly hair is best controlled when kept close to the sides of the head. If left too long on the sides, the shape of the head will appear too round and the excess volume will detract from the face. I want to shout somebody out because I know you're listening out there. Weird Al. Oh, yeah. He's definitely so, listening. Weird Al. I know you're listening. I love you. Everything about you and your career. Nothing about that man is ovalized. He has curly, <laughs> hair, he has curly hair and he has a long skinny head. Yep. Not near Bill would not approve of Weird no. Al's head. Well, and those beats, you know, those rock beats, <laughs> none of it works. What are you what are you trying to scramble eggs over here? <laughs> so, um this is all Bill's personal preference under the guise of it will direct, dis- detract from your countenance. Bullshit <laughs> is what this all is, really. Okay. So the last part feels particularly like directed towards the Duggar males. Oof. Because it's, quote, thinning hair and a receding hairline are made less noticeable by a shorter hairstyle. <laughs> hey, molded plastic does not recede. Listen- How would... How dare you? <laughs> See, you know, they don't all have the molded, you know, they don't benefit from that the way. I think boob is in a class all zone with that. That's true. The Pest has the, a pretty receding well, hairline. So, so, I mean, look at Josiah. I mean, like, yeah. they're, like, they have some awful hairlines. Yeah. I think the, I think the going. So do I, by the way. I have a five head. <laughs> the going mentality is that, like, a lot of hair related stuff is generational. And unfortunately for Pest, his generation is like 57 people large. <laughs> right. So so that's 57 people with a really unfortunate hairline. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. It's like they hit 19 and it's like, what happened? Like, they, I mean, it's not even like 18. I think they turn 19 and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, there's an island on your head, you know? <laughs> like admittedly for my family, like on my dad's side. So a lot of my dad's side of his generation can grow a beard, but they have a lot of really bad, like cul-de-sacs and like receding hairlines. And then my generation can't grow a beard for shit, but we all have a full head of hair. So I always say that Tim grows a weird. My cousin Adrian, (laughs) I will never forget what we were talking about trying to grow out our beard. And he was like, you know, when you try to grow a beard and it just comes in as a weird. Yeah, Tim has a weird. It's such a. It's, g- it's much better as he's gotten older, but in the early days when he was trying to get it there, it was dicey. It's just so patchy, Patch Adams over here. Yep. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> who knew this whole episode is just going so sideways in so many ways? I love it. Okay, so he ends this hair section by saying, "Quote: Your hairstyle should also be proportionate to your overall appearance." Appearance. And should communicate a message of obedience to the authorities in your life. What does that look like? Got, got to slip in that authority factor there. Even your hairstyle isn't your own because nothing is. I just you're... don't, like, I don't even understand what that means. Because you remember how it was, like, for women, it was, like, it... The style that your headship likes. Yes. Yeah. So got but, like, on the male in. side, like, I don't understand what that's supposed to be. But that's why I said, like, I don't, they wouldn't say that that was about males, but it was. So I think they're just trying to mm. round out the end and be like, well, we're just kind of talking about hair, but we're talking about women's hair. Yeah. 
like do I buzz do I buzz yes father into my high top fade or I'm so confused here. Right. So number four is wear special accents near your face. It's just like it sounds. The closer accents are to your face, the more it draws attention to your face and nothing else because, I mean, you can't handle, they, they just can't be handled, apparently, you <laughs> know, course. any other attention anywhere else. Right. So for women, this comes in the form of scarves, brooches, <gasps> short necklaces, okay, lace trim collars or ruffles on the neckline. <laughs> like no wonder michelle was stuck in 1983 in 2007 it's right here ruffles and lace trim collars (laughs) dear god only one that can pull off that lace collar is rbg oh she's in a class all her own (laughs) for men this can mean a tie wearing a collared shirt with a sweater random as fuck oh that's very kurt cameron (laughs) yeah and I'm sorry, America's sweetheart. Oh, I'm Cameron. sorry, yes. King of beats. Or contrasting shirt colors with their suits. Kind of like, you know, pest red black he had there going. <laughs> Ooh, Again, nice. to meet America's sweetheart, Kirk Cameron. King of beats. It does say that men should note that facial hair tends to obscure the countenance. Mm. Which I've always known that none of them had facial hair and mm-hmm. have heard that it was not, you know, encouraged at least. Mm-hmm. But now I can finally see where that comes from. Because I'm always like, where did that like come from? So Why like is here. that a thing? So, but the, I, yeah. do you, does this strike you how the re- this is all, like, of course, everything in these books are guidelines. But do you see how they kind of like throw it in? It's like, we're going to talk about how you're a winter palette. Oh, no, yeah, don't have facial hair. It's kind, it's a different tone. Yeah. Where it's a little more, more like, we're just going to tell you some ways that might make you look good. And, oh, yeah, don't have fucking facial hair. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, make sure your hair is what your authority wants. It's like, it's yeah. all just kind of, like, thrown in. Mm-hmm. It's a different vibe than weird, some yeah. of the more direct things. 100%. So, number five is wear clothing that fits properly. Clothing that is too snug, draws attention away from the face. Can't have that. But apparently, it is also a declaration to the world that you are not conscientious about your appearance. No. Who? That's why I walk around the house in bike shorts. To declare your... To declare that I'm not conscientious. Got it. I know what I got. It's so, like, every... So, looking at it through, like, religious text, um, like, we were talking at work about kind of the way that a bunch of us grew up and, 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 you know, the various religious sects that we all belong to and, like, kind of stuff that we thought when we were a kid. And then when you get out into the world, like, maybe it changes, your opinion changes as you, like, meet more people. And it's, like, it's just so weird to me because, like, from a from a Catholic perspective, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but, like, there was nothing written down that had to do with your appearance Mm -hmm. so it's just so foreign to me that this is actually written in a book well like call me i mean somebody can probably prove me wrong but i feel like this at length and this in depth of like regulation is is a new thing Older religions were mm. just fucking religion. It's this newer shit that has decided that they have to tell you every little fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me. 
I'm very interested. Like younger organizations and religions. Yeah. And I'm very interested when it comes to like everything going on in like Iran right now. Because a lot of that is coming from, you know, essentially protesting having to cover yourself up in this way. So in on the same vein of what you're saying, like I'm very interested to see like, you know, go back a hundred years like was the teachings of that religion at that time did they have to do as strict with what you wore and how you recovered like i don't know that's just wasn't it like in the 70s when everything went haywire well in the country yes like the country of iran was very modern until this this shift into you know like a, a political leaning government that kind of like shut everything down so but yeah you're right that's political versus kind of like specific like i just want to know if before that 70s like time did they still have those things in their religious texts and then it was just kind of like well that's you know we moved past that like or whatever yeah yeah kind of an old thing or yeah yeah. um so we were talking about snug clothing before that on the flip side if your clothes are too baggy people might wonder if you're ill or lost a bunch of weight that sounds oddly racist. Everything is such a thing with them, though. It's just so... Why racist? Because, like, hip-hop culture had a lot of baggy clothing. Oh. So do it's they, that idea of, like... Do they think you're ill? <laughs> if you're the Beastie Boys, you have a license to. Um, but it's just, like, everything with them is just such a thing. Mm. Like, just so dramatic. Overall, though, flaws just draw people's attention away and you might do, quote, strange things with your clothing that don't fit well, such as pulling or tugging. And, you know, that's a distraction. <laughs> so, can't, you know, you got to have good fitting clothes because you can't be pulling or tugging. That's strange. Can't be pulling and tugging. Oh, gross. I've actually gained a little bit of weight. I was that I wasn't even going in that direction oh. in I've gained a little bit of weight like at work through stress and not sleeping and working way too much. But I've also realized that I'm at a point where like the I have really comfortable chef pants, but like they slide down a lot. So I'm actually You're pulling and tugging, I'm doing pulling strange and tugging things. a lot. Very strange. People are gonna think I'm ill. How strange. <laughs> so number six is to avoid eye traps. Bill oh. says that eyes are attracted to skin. Things you ain't wrong, Bill. Things like plunging necklines, mm. shirts with several open buttons, mm. slits in skirts, strapless shirts, etc. All draw the eye and make the observer wonder just how far the opening goes. Mm, has Bill been reading my diary? What's going on right Sounds now? Sounds like it. You know what that reminded me of was Yetta. There's an episode. High slit up the front. Here I thought I was being all sexy with this high slit up the front. She's wearing pants. Yep. They're they're going to a gala event and they're like, Yetta, you're wearing pants. And she thought she was. Thought I was being all sexy. (laughs) So he also said eyes are attracted to teasing. No, he ain't wrong either. Such as sheer or clingy fabrics. In fact, he says that this suggestiveness is actually more alluring than bold nakedness would be. He's not wrong. I feel like the theme the theme song of this 
This part should be, these are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> um, Tis the season. <laughs> he also says that eyes are attracted to written messages. T-shirts with words draw eyes in to read it. So the wearer of the shirt must realize that people's eyes will draw to, quote, that portion of the anatomy where the message appears. Okay. So just come out and say it. You don't want words across women's boobs. Or uh, the velour pants that say juicy on the butt. Oh, yeah. But, but they wouldn't wear the pants, so I don't think that's an issue. That's true. That's true. They're concerned about the shirts. Okay. That's not even a problem. They're not wearing <laughs> pink across the ass. <laughs> that's true. What I thought of was, once again, SNL, Bobby Moynihan pretending to be Guy Fieri. And he's about to read a paper. And he was like, reading, that's how the eyes eat. <laughs> Everything all about the eyes. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, talking about these words things, you know, it's, this is clearly referring to women and not wanting to showcase their boobs. Unless, of course, they think they might catch some feelings looking at Joe's Our Apostle shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, those are words. That's true. So, were you catching some feels? Oh, yeah. Looking at Joe? Oh, yeah. That you thought was John David for several episodes? They're both the same. They're interchangeable. Um, So, I guess Anna was really ballsy wearing that Arkansas shirt on that (laughs) post-engagement road trip, remember? That was across the chest. Those were words, and those were on her. Can I relate something from this episode? They bought all of their kids shirts that yes, said New York those are words. in some very suggestible areas. There was an apple s- straight in the middle. There, there was, was a <laughs> applique apple. An applique apple that was bit off of. <laughs> and it's an apple and it's bit off of. Um, next one. Eyes follow the lines of accessories. Earlier, if you remember, it specified short necklaces. Mm -hmm. That's because a low-hanging necklace draws the eye down to the length of the string. And the only time you're allowed to look down is when someone yells Nike. (laughs) That's good. That's very good. Nicely done. Touche. Millie says, good job, Mom. Thanks, Mildred. It even goes so far as saying that sweaters tied around the waist are bad. So all those 90s kids, <laughs> what's the guy in Blossom that always, you know, the, the Joey Lawrence? Kid, yeah, Joey, Joey Lawrence is like, what? He's like freaking out somewhere right now and he's not sure why. Mm, he doesn't understand. <laughs> he ends this section saying eyes are drawn to excesses. Makeup should be used to enhance your natural beauty but then and minimize flaws. Heavy makeup draws attention away. So it's okay. discouraged. Mm-hmm. So someone really needs to have a word with Jill Rodriguez on that one. <laughs> um, I know you don't know who she is. You will mm-hmm. in time. Low, 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 bottom rung. IBLP. Mm-hmm. Uh, try hard. Who her and all her daughters. Worst makeup you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> These uh... excesses also include... Long fingernails and bright and dark nail polishes. Number seven. So building like nails. <laughs> yes. Practical personal disciplines of neatness, cleanliness, exercise, and weight control. 
Oh. Here he goes again. But I will say, at least this one's short. He doesn't get into it too much. So I don't. my blood pressure doesn't have to rise too high today. I was going to say, this one won't trigger you as hard. No, we're good. It's nice and short. I was When I got to it, I was like, oh, here we fucking go. Luckily, yeah. it's short. So he says, a grateful spirit should have clean, orderly, and pressed clothing. And that personal and hygiene and fitness are necessary so flaws do not distract So I guess he thinks that being fat is very distracting. It sounds like it. He ends saying that the outer man cannot present a positive message unless the inner man is properly nurtured day by day. Thank God we didn't get into that whole thing because I could not handle that today. Oof, yeah. Number eight is to stand tall and sit gracefully. So this is all about good posture, which, yeah, is good. Good to have. Good for the body. You know, good for the, you know, it's good for you. But, um, yeah, I guess slouching, apparently it means you aren't alert or that you're being disrespectful. So I'm he being... doesn't really care about, like, your actual, like, you know, bone structure and things like that. He's like, don't be a fucking disrespectful piece of shit. Um, I just want to point out right now that I'm being disrespectful. Very. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but since you brought it up. <laughs> not very alert. <laughs> I have a low-cut shirt on. I'm wearing my uh, my sweatpants that say juicy on the ass. And um, I'm sitting real disrespectful right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bill ain't getting along. Nope. So then there's a diagram of a lady, and it goes over posture with different parts of the body. You know, there's the easy ones, like shoulders back, back straight, blah, blah, blah. You know, like chin, like kind of parallel, like that type of stuff. But for the stomach, it says, quote, pulled in and up. Keep those muscles in tone. Oh, my God. Now, I'm not saying a strong and engaged core is a bad thing. It certainly is good. Mm -hmm. But I don't really think that's a concern of Bill's. I don't think he really cares about a strong core. I think he's like, suck it in. Don't look fat. Yeah. And it's also like if this is under the under the guise that this is the way to have the best relationship with God. God doesn't care how much you weigh if God exists. You know and what I mean? He doesn't care if you're, you know, like you know, tone or she. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also in the same in the same vein is like the diagram is not of a man with posture Mm -hmm. so i feel like pairing a woman with their type of patriarchal type shit and then Mm -hmm. being like tone those stomach muscles keep it tight is like it's 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 a message yeah like in the transposing that into like the catholic side saint peter doesn't have a sign on the on the pearly gates that says no fatties you know what i mean like that's what that reminds me of it's so ridiculous yeah all of this that like that's what you're telling. It has nothing to do with godliness. It Future has deep dive faux show. Man, I feel like I'm like half triggered already. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Move, moving on. <laughs> we were 50 minutes talking about Thanksgiving and Power Rangers. So I'm going to move it along. Sounds like a good podcast to me. Number nine. Match your choice of clothing to the occasion or activity. Quote. 
wearing the I'm already laughing <laughs> quote wearing the wrong thing to an activity calls attention to its inappropriateness distracting from your countenance and by golly he's right <laughs> I was indeed very distracted by the girls wearing flip flops to walk mountain trails in El Salvador um yeah I wasn't looking at their face at all <laughs> So he's right. And um, Michelle's hush puppies at the diamond mine, very distracting. So, you know, Bill has been spitting some truths this episode, right? Yeah, absolutely. Truths. So you're saying when I go to the funeral in uh, my tutu, um, that's not a, nobody's going to be looking at my countenance. Well, are you ready? This is what he says. Oh, God. Quote, when attending an event, decide what is the goal of the activity and what are its requirements in terms of modesty and propriety. Do not simply evaluate what everyone else in the situation is going to do or what is the least that is expected. Set a good, good example for others. So no tutu. So at the film festival, Pest and Anna decided the goal of the activity was to look sharp for American treasure Kirk Cameron. <laughs> they evaluated the rest of them in their denim skirts and dockers mm. and said, meh. <laughs> This is Kirk Cameron. We got to set an example here. I bet uh, I bet Famey was wishing she had a blazer. Uh, right? I mean, you. she looked a little frump next to that sharp-ass blazer. Franny Anna. Frump over here with no blazer. Right? She did not look sharp the way Anna did. Why are we cracking ourselves up so much? I have no fucking clue. I think it just proves like everything about the fact that like everything that you're reading... The fact that this is being promoted as like religious text Insanity. is asinine. <laughs> it's asinine. I make the joke. I made it earlier. FYI, if you hear moving forward, whenever I hear something that's really dumb, that's just like so ridiculous, I always say it's D-U-M dumb because I know that's not how you spell it. Um, so everything about this is D-U-M dumb, but I love it. Continue. <laughs> Um, I had to highlight one more thing in this section. She's already giggling. Um, I have to quote it all, okay? Oh, God. Quote, to be deliberately years behind in style when there is no problem with convictions is to make a mockery of the separation God requires to place unnecessary barriers between you and the people you desire to reach with the message of the gospel. Which to me sounds like you need to be... You need to modestly fit in so you can be, quote, in enough to convert people. Mm -hmm. If you look too out of style, people will think you're a fucking freak and not want to join us. That's how I take that. Is That's that how exactly you how that yeah. was meant. So, which is so funny because look at what the Bates girls were wearing. Oof. I mean, or Michelle looking straight out of 1983 in 2007. <laughs> um seems some people not to name names Bates uh Michelle um are aren't quite following this particular guideline yeah because I don't think anyone looked at what Michelle was wearing and was like I'd be interested in their religious sect well it's like, like I always my go-to thing is like the freak show aspect of it all correct. but it's tr so yeah. to and I'm not saying Bill's right but I'm saying that in this cons in this and what he's saying, as manipulative as it is, there's a point to it. 
if you look like a fucking freak, people aren't going to be like, let me jo- let me let me go look like a fucking prairie like correct neon green prairie Laura Ingalls like whatever the fuck the Bates were wearing. But if you so blend bad. in just in a modest form, they're like, oh, you're kind of one of us, but you mm-hmm. have this whatever. So. It's manipulative, but there's a point to what he's saying that I'm like, yeah, it's fucking true. People yeah. aren't going to come in droves to people looking completely out of touch. <laughs> it's way too many decades back. You can only stick to a couple. Ready? This next one. Yep. He ends it saying, quote, it is generally good advice to not be the first to adopt a new style, nor to be the last to discard an old one. So he gets specific with that. So you got to stay. Don't be too trendy. Don't get ahead. But like, mm-hmm. don't be completely out of touch. So if we're in the era that we're at now in 2022, we're looking at like early 2000s fashion or like, well, he didn't I, really give a year range. You yeah. Know? He's just like, just not too late. What's <laughs> what's your idea of late, Bill? Like, what's, what's this? 30, 40 years, you know? Are they still wearing low rise jeans? What are we doing right now? <laughs> Okay, final one. Number 10. Say the right things with your eyes. Your eyes reveal your thoughts and attitudes. Okay. If you're not careful, they can communicate a, quote, spirit of boldness rather than a spirit of discretion. We don't want to be bold here. Mm Mm-mm. Examples of eyes that have not been brought into proper discipline include... Staring at a person, looking too long or with implied intimacy, oh my, or winking with a flirtatious eye. Okay, can I point one thing out about all of this? Sure. I do all of these things at you most of the time. So, is that why you don't wink back? Because you've read Bill Gothard's words? Could be. <laughs> Is it because I'm implying intimacy and you're just like, no, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) It says that eyes reveal a person's character and avoiding eye eye contact can make a person appear dishonest or insincere. So what I'm hearing is that you really can't win here. (laughs) If you don't look long enough, you're a fucking liar. (laughs) Stare too long, you're implying intimacy. You're, You're a creep. So it's like, what do you do? Like, I mean, do you do you glance and then look away? Glance, glance. I mean, like, glance count to, te- to count to what's the number count? I need counts here. Yeah, how is long there I a- look at them? How many Mississippi's before I look away again? <laughs> like, so I need specifics. <laughs> at one point, Whitney's again. I'm going to be looking at her, and then she's just going to hear me go Mississippi, and I'm going to turn away. She's going to look at me, and I'm going to be looking away, and you're going to understand. <laughs> I'm trying not to be a creeper. So I but can you're only... not trying to look like a dishonest lying sex shit. Exactly. So. Yep. I got to get that sweet spot right in the middle. Yep. Life's all about the middle line, you know? <laughs> so that's the end of the teaching portion. But at the end, there's like various quizzes and activities and things that you can do. When you say activities, I think of like a McDonald's like tray cover like that paper tray cover that had like the crossword and it was all like mcdonald's adjacent words yeah the maze yeah exactly <laughs> get my get my purple crayon i'm gonna work my way through from the hamburglar to the, yeah. <laughs> all right so mayor mccheese has a maze for us so part of these <laughs> activities include 
Um, there's there's this part that has six illustrations of women in clothing, in case you were concerned uh, about please. the nakedness. Um, asking you to identify the eye traps. Now, I saw this diagram before reading all of the text, and I legit could only see one out of six that that I was like, are the rest of these a trick question? But that's before I read, right? Okay. So one out of six, it's still a long fucking skirt. It comes well below the knee, and there's a slit up to the knee. And I'm like, okay, well, slits are just, you know. All bad. Satan's, you know, guide to fashion. <laughs> So I was like, okay, that's an easy one. But I really struggled with the other five because they're all like very well covered. And one hmm. in particular, in particular, it looks exactly Tim, like something B. Arthur would be wearing in Golden Girls. <laughs> so imagine like the long skirt, the sweatered shirt yeah. with like the, the banded um, mm-hmm. at the arms, like three-quarter length. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking B. Arthur. This is Dorothy Zor- Zornak. Dorothy Zornak is wearing this as a substitute teacher in Miami. <laughs> so it's like, I was legitimately like, what is the problem mm-hmm. with this outfit? It's the long necklace. Mm, because okay, that's the point, eye trap the eye goes to where it goes it, down to yeah because mm. the long necklace goes down to like the belly button i thought the problem was that she she got back with stanley at the end yeah, i thought that, that was the problem that was it that but. was it so yeah. by the way shout out golden girls one of our Such favorite shows show. and it holds up we just so did good. we did a rewatch like in the last i'm gonna say like three four months that show holds up. And I'm a total, like, Golden Girls hipster where I'm like, I liked it before it was cool. Like, I've been liking that shit for... Right? Wasn't I? Mm. Right. This is good. She is absolutely correct. She actually got me into it. Um, but I will say, shout out again to WE Superstar, a.k.a. King Woods, Austin Creed. He's a gigantic Golden Girls fan. Which is funny. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that this, like... Wrestler. jacked black dude that's like a wrestler is a gigantic golden girls fan i yeah. love it austin creed if you're listening to this with weird al i love you <laughs> neither are listening but that's that's <laughs> cute to think it's pre- he has michelle and jimbo it's precious it's so precious okay so dorothy's zbornak is a fucking slut <laughs> i um, thought that was blanche <laughs> Don't even get them started. So there's also projects where it tells you to go through your closet and evaluate your clothes, you know, whatever. Okay, like every religious text yeah. asks you to, um, yeah. They also say to go out in public and observe people and their outfits and even their posture. So be judgy. Um, and evaluate what message they convey. Mm. Which um, it even says to look in magazines and evaluate <sighs> outfits to see where the eyes go to. <laughs> Um, where they're drawn to, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, this is kind of surprising homework to me because this type of assignment feels like it's like Gothard-sanctioned opportunities to check people out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Doesn't it? That's so good. Doesn't it, though? Because you can check somebody out, and then when it, they're it, like, it, what the are you looking homework. at, buddy? And you're like, I'm... I'm uh... Advanced seminar textbook page 36. <laughs> it tells me to go stare at people in public and evaluate. <laughs> it's literally like he's like, go check people out. It's weird. It's part of your Everything about it is weird. Yeah. 
And I almost skipped over that part because I'm like, oh, it's like so. And then I read it all, and I was like, oh no, fuck, it's this is weird so too. Weird, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it just never ends. You think you're just like you can skip over a paragraph? Yeah. You, you know what I've learned? You can never skip a paragraph. <laughs> that is what I've learned. <laughs> Anyways, so um, just for a split second, so that's kind of the end of the text. I do want to direct this back to the Duggar specifically for a quick sec. In the four older older girls uh, book, Growing Up Duggar, they touch a little on modesty, of course, because why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of what you expect. They don't wear clothes to, you know, too tight. and But that also means, you know, not being frumpy, blah, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. can be modest and cute, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like whatever. But I cracked up at one part where it says, quote, we try to make it a habit to always cover the top of our shirt with our hand when we bend over. We don't want to play the peekaboo game with our neckline. Not with pest around. No. Also, another quote. It's the boy. It's true. Boys need to keep their mind out of the gutter. But we girls have a responsibility not to dress or act in a way that builds up sensual desires in guys. So again, everything is the woman's fault. Is the woman's fault? Yeah. We need to be looking out for mm. guys because they're just—they have no self-control, and you know, we just—they can't help themselves. So we need to do all the work. I was debating saying the term "victim blaming" because it sounds like the genesis of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that idea of, yeah, awful, fucking disgusting. But this whole thing is just Ugh. so ridiculous. This whole text, all of it, stuff they say in their book. Because they are literally creating the problem that they rail against. Agree. 100%. They say that eyes are attracted to skin. And yet want women covered past the knees to the elbow. You're just making it even more desirable that way by shielding them from it. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you tell them that they won't have self-control. They're not going to have self-control. Yeah. And referencing the episode, I said something. I wrote something about that where when Michelle was talking about, um, you know, the fact that, like, boys need to have self-control and that um, it was just something where it was, like, it was so dismissive of the fact that, like, well, it's not their fault. Like, it put the oh, – once again, it put the onus on the on the women – to not dress a certain way. And I was like, so you're saying that they need to have self-control, but you're also creating an, a mystique around all of these things. Absolutely. Because, because you're like, you're not allowed to hang out with any other females if they're not in your family until you reach this age. And it's like, of like you hear it all the time of somebody who had very like restrictive parents and then they like move out or they go to college and then they just they go run, wild. They yeah. run amok, 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 amok. Um, I can't say that word without saying <laughs> amok, that. Amok, 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 amok. <laughs> like they just go because they're they're so much like I've never had this level of yeah. like stimulation it, and freedom. Yeah, you know. it completely it go, does the exact opposite of what they're yeah. they're trying for. Yeah. So I'm gonna relate relate this back to something in my life for like a second. Okay. So weight for me has been a struggle since I was like 14 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am in my life at the highest weight I've ever been, yet at the same time, the most at peace with food and eating I've ever been. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, because I'm kind of finally off that hamster wheel of like guilt and shame surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mentally just in a much better space with it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that you it, the important part is getting to the mental place first. And then hopefully later on at some point, let's hope yeah. to God, maybe physical will follow, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But um, stay with me. There's a point to this, I promise. So for years, I was convinced that I could not have certain things in our house. Mm-hmm. Bread, chips. We were hardcore keto for a long time. Yeah, it's so, like I yeah. was just convinced. I'm like, I can't have those things. Correct. It's just yeah. not even an option. Mm-hmm. So I remember a good friend of mine, Angela, telling me that oh. she's like, you just need to bring those things into your house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck no. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> the like, temptation. Like, I have yeah. no self-control. I'll eat the entire thing. And I just remember her being like, well, yeah, maybe at first... But over time, it's a normal thing. Correct. It'll lose its, it's mystique. You know, and you won't. And at the point in my life that I was at, I was like, <laughs> I thought of that as like woo-woo shit. I was like, here she is talking about like balance. You know what I mean? Like, you know. This I crunchy just, granola yeah, over I was here. Like, here yeah. she is thinking like <laughs> I can do this. Because up to that point in my life, the only thing that had quote work, and I'm using air quotes, worked was to be extremely strict, completely cutting out certain things out of Mm -hmm. my life. Um, Worked, again, with air quotes. Correct. Also meant trying to maintain a weight that my body cannot naturally rest at, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, moving on. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, This idea of having it around was just fucking wild to me. Because for years I told myself I wouldn't have self-control. So when it was there, I didn't have self control. You didn't have it. Mm. So fast forward to now, and I do have random moments where, when I open up our pantry, I can see a clipped bag of Cheetos that's still half full. Mm-hmm. That's been there for a week and a half, two weeks, mm. and I do have a moment where I'm like, God, remember then when this would never have happened? Oh yeah. Number one, having it at all. Number two, open and sitting there without me inhaling it we would have killed all of it yeah and yeah, so it's like it would have been empty the fact that now we <laughs> like it, it amazed me i remember like a year ago when we had oreos long enough for them to go stale <laughs> i was like what the fuck is this who are like, we this, what the fu- this is amazing i was yeah. like oh my god like i didn't yeah. just go oh my god oreos yeah so um i say all this in a roundabout way about food and whatever, just to point out that if you say you can't, you won't. Yeah. So to say that men won't have self-control, they won't. Mm-hmm. But maybe if the body was just a body, as it should be, these boys wouldn't fucking cream their pants at the side of a woman's knee, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you are just creating this problem. You're perpetuating Correct. this thing. You've yeah. This doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, w- w- let a woman live. Mm-hmm. Well, can I? Can I? Like, my oh, thing yeah. is like every single person in this episode. So it was like Jackson, and then it was Joy, and then it was Michelle. All of them obviously repeated the same rhetoric of it's defrauding, it's bad. 
There you go. That's the one. The dancer. Our dancer boy. Jackson is a dancer. Josiah was the one that repeated the... So, like, the point of it is, like, all of them are taught from very early on. Because both of them actually said something along the lines of, like, having self-control. Like, self-control has been the big thing. So, think about it. Whether you're male or female growing up in this environment, you are told from a very young age, well, men need to have self-control and they don't. And it's exactly what you said. Like, you are creating that problem because from a point where most of these young males are not even thinking about that stuff, you know, they're watching Power Rangers and not wanting to kiss the Pink Ranger. Like, (laughs) when when they're at this moment in their lives... They're already being told, well, you have a bunch of stuff, but it's not your fault. We need to make sure that the woman is the one that's not enticing you. Yeah. So when you combine that with the fact of like normal human pubescent growth into being interested in whoever you're interested in, they feel like, oh, well, I can't be blamed for this because it's obviously her fault. And you're just completely taking anything that's a normal human feeling and taking mm -hmm. it to this fucking extreme. Yeah. You and I are, you know, married people. And if you walked past a girl and in your head were like, oh, she's she's pretty. But there's a like not acting like if just having the thought of thinking someone looks nice. Oh, that's, you know, she's she's got a very pretty face. She's got a very pretty countenance or like, you know, like Mm -hmm. just the the organic just like normal little thought of noticing something noticing someone you know Mm -hmm. does not inherently make you a fucking creep yeah like it's it's when you sit there and like oh and like say things and like whatever but just like if you just fucking know you're like hey they bad you know or whatever and Mm -hmm. you fucking move on you don't have to act on it you don't have to say anything you don't have to do anything but it's made to be like you're taught to before you can even have that, that look at the fucking ground, Correct. or then it's her fault. Yeah, it's, it's just sh- crazy. It's shameful and it's her fault. Just to have like a normal yeah. fucking human being thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying that it's necessarily looking at someone instantly completely sexualizing. I don't want this to be misconstrued as, as I'm saying that it's like we're just looking at people and being like, oh, like complete. Correct. But it's just like this normal idea of just noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I have a. Uh... I'm going to stand on a soapbox for a minute because I feel like this is something that has kind of like slowly evolved in my own head um, for like the last like five years of my life. I consider myself an old man. The joke I always make is I don't feel a day over 89. Like my body's wrecked. I work too much. I've been through a lot of shit. I'm a, in some ways I'm a crotchety old man. But the thing that I've learned as I've gotten older is that when we're younger, we're reliant so much on physical attributes and the weight that we are. And, you know, we we attribute our, our self-worth to a lot of things like weight, like you just spoke about. And the thing I've realized as I got older was like, there's a level of of human normal human understanding that exists when you reach your mentality. So you talk about the fact that like your weight is not what you wanted it to be for all of these years, but you have such a healthy mindset when it comes to food right now, right? 
Yeah. There is so much more, and maybe this is just me, crotchety old man. There is so much more attractiveness in somebody that has that level of self-awareness and to a smaller extent, confidence. But that level of being like, I'm in tune with the person that I am and the things that I ingest and the environment that I'm in, like that's so much hotter than somebody who is at a lower weight. Yeah. Like that is so much more attractive because like I've had people in my life that I've actually like in to myself been like, man, if they just had a little bit more confidence, like they could, they would be a house fire. Like you couldn't stop them in the things they could do. But it's like, that is so attractive. The fact that you know that you're like, I'm at this place. At the end of the day, I don't think any, I don't think things like weight are important if it's not affecting your health. Like that mindset is so great. Yeah, because you hit a point of just like, nope. Mm-hmm. And and like I think about myself, like I'm heavier than I've ever been in my life, but I also feel like I'm more confident in myself as a person than I I've ever we been both, in my I life. I think we both hit this point where we're just like, we are, the, the irony, but when I say irony, I don't mean that in like a bad way, not that it's a bad thing, but the irony of when you finally hit like completely sure of yourself as a person, your belief system what you know what you'll put up with and not put up with mm-hmm. and then yeah i mean you know, maybe we're a little fatter but like at the same time i don't think it's a coincidence that those yeah. things are kind of like you know there was times where i was a lot thinner a lot more focused on these other things but i didn't i wasn't the fucking person i am now you know Correct. it's i don't think it's a coincidence that these mm-hmm. things kind of don't come together at the same time and Correct. you know what i'd rather be here than the other place oh yeah like i feel like And I think this is like just a personal goal in general. I feel like I'm the best version of myself I've ever been. 100%. And like how, like as a younger person, how much did I want this level of confidence, but I attributed it to the wrong bullshit. Exactly, yeah. I attributed it to things like weight or muscle mass or the kind of music I listened to or like whatever it was as you're growing up, like yeah. you attribute Stupid shit, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, none of that shit is important. Yep. So I, me and Whitney always make the joke. We're like when we're in public and then she'll like make fun of my jokes or something. And I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a fucking delight. Yeah. We always are just like, what do you mean? I'm a fucking delight. I'm a fucking delight. <laughs> so as much as that's like a joke that I think we've used for a long time, like I definitely feel like that's the point of our lives that we're in. We're a fucking delight. <laughs> Damn right. That should be the name of this pod- <laughs> this episode. We are a fucking delight. At the very, very end. <laughs> we're a fucking delight. <laughs> um, yeah, so anything else you wanted to say? No. I think um, a lot of the ideas of the the thing that you said are absolutely asinine. I think they're very emotionally stunted. Very. I think the effect that it has on young people growing up in that environment is absolutely heinous. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think we, I think as humans, we already worry about a lot of that stuff. And then when you grow up in this environment, like or it just literal makes it religious worse. text is telling you exactly how to look and be and like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So like, let's say you're somebody that grows up that doesn't have that or has 
like alopecia or has like anything that are like normal bullshit that people humans go through like you're gonna grow up thinking you are lesser than because if you grow up in this environment it's like well i can't have these things it's fucking bullshit well he does which we haven't gotten to entirely yet but he does have a whole thing about accepting your uh you know these types of things and handicaps and blah 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 and like yeah so so this i just point that out only to say that they conveniently have something for everything yeah. we're a big well no no no, because now you're not following this which is accepting as this you know yeah i'm not gonna lie i got super heated in the in the um adoption episode yeah and like i'm almost to the same level of being like this god this is bullshit yeah level right here so yep but somehow I did not cry. That's two episodes in a row. Kirk, I knew Kirk wasn't going to make me, wasn't going to break me, you know. Then this one, I also didn't. Yep. Um, can I take the longest episode ever and tell another story just to make it even longer? Might as well. I realize that there's a story I have not told you, which is amazing because Tim and I have the type of relationship where when we finally see each other, however long it's been, sometimes days practically work sucks um i know we no roses we have no stairs um (laughs) but we just like recap each other like every fucking second we're Mm -hmm. just that we're just that couple we just tell each other everything i realize i have a story that relates to the podcast that i have not told you and it was like two weeks ago oh okay so we got a p.o box specifically specifically because Mildred is the fucking breakout star of all of this. We love her. And she has had a couple people ask if they can send her gifts. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? It's time we get a P.O. box. So anyway, so I do the whole thing online, right? And at one point it says to, you know, so I'm like the main person. Mm. And then it tells you to put down anybody who could possibly receive mail. Mm-hmm. So I put down you. And I put down Mildred and I thought we're all good to go because it says that minors don't need to have any form of identification. So I'm like, whatever. So you fill out this thing online, then you print out the paper, you take it in and they have to sign you go up to the counter and they do, they do all this. Okay. Now I normally am the type of person who thinks way ahead. I think of anything that they could possibly could go wrong and you know, anything in life that could go wrong. I'm always thinking about. That's the Um, anxiety. Yeah, and, and you know, and I just kind of think of possible outcomes. Well, I didn't, I didn't apparently think this all the way through. Okay. I get up to the counter, and the lady's like, "Who are the are these people? Adults or minors?" And I point to your name, and I'm like, "He's an adult." Point to Mildred's name, and I say, "She's a minor." Because the reason I put her down is because if people are sending, I'm literally setting this up because people asked about Mildred. Okay. <laughs> So that's the entire reason. It's because like three people are like, can I send something to Mildred? I'm like, yeah, let's get. So I don't want there to be confusion. So I'm like, if somebody addressed something to Mildred, you know, and the paper says anybody that could be receiving email or Mm -hmm. receiving mail. And so I was like, well, I'll just call her a minor because you don't need to present anything. Right. Right. So then they cross out your name because you're not there with me. I have to apparently have to take you back whenever that's going to happen never so if you're going to go by myself so if you address any no i have to be there with you oh my god yeah because i have to go hey this is my guy you know or whatever and then you have to bring your two forms of identification so anyways so they cross you off because for now you don't count so if you're sending anything for the time being do not address it to tim um so i have to bring you back in and we have to add you on and they're like we'll leave her on 
but they go, what's her birth date? I fucking panicked. But in the moment, I think I sounded okay. But the birth date I gave was my niece's birthday, who's 17. (laughs) So in the moment, I'm like, uh, March 2005. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, fuck, why did I give... (laughs) <laughs> the kid i'm not so then i'm like so the lady's name was cashmere and i'm like cashmere knows <laughs> i was like the fucking jig is the jig is up she knows she knows it's a cat she knows or i'm, I'm like do i look old enough to have a 17 year old i could say i adopted yeah. her and like i mean literally in the seconds that this is happening i'm like coming up with all these things i'll be like yeah, we adopted her and i'm like well you know or maybe i look old enough to have some damn do i look old enough to have a 17 year old like these are all the things that are going through my brain and then i'm mad at myself because i'm like when she, when it hits her 18th birthday in march are they going to tell me that I have to bring her in with her two forms of ID and then we're fucking toast and there's no Mildred on this P.O. box? Oh, man. Or I'm like, why could I not have thought of my nephew's birthday? Who's five? I gave the 17-year-old's birthday. I'm pretty damn sure if you tell them that it is a P.O. box and that we... I hate the term, but if you tell them that you're a content creator and that it's for your cat. I don't think Cashmere cares. You don't know Cashmere. But I I went to a fucking panic. (laughs) And then I was like, I could feel my face flushing, Tim. I could feel it turning red. And I'm like, she knows I'm lying. Because here's the thing. I am a rule follower at heart. I really am. I really am. I may have been bucking tradition. I, I mean, religion. Mm-hmm. since i was like 13 you know right. but for the most part besides religion i'm pretty <laughs> much like i'm there to like follow rules that is just the person i am <laughs> probably more so geared by anxiety than anything else mm-hmm. but i'm a fucking rule follower and i'm like she fucking knows i can feel my face flushing so then as we're going through all of this and she gives me the keys she was like anything else, and in the moment, I'm like, if I stand here longer, she'll believe me more, and I'll seem less suspicious. Oh so I'm like, God. can I get? So I'm like, can I get forty of the uh, the elf stamps? <laughs> no, I said sixty, and she's like, well, they. No, I said fifty. That's what it was. I was like, can I get fifty of the elf stamps? Those are cute. Christmas is coming, and um, she was like, well, they come in denominations of twenty. So do you want forty or sixty? And I was like, forty, please. And so then I walked out with forty stamps I didn't go in for because I thought it made my whole story more believable, and that my red face didn't mean I was lying, and that Cashmere doesn't know that Mildred's a cat. But I'm like, she knows Mildred's a cat. She knows what's going on. The whole jig is up. And you know what she said when you walked out of the out of the UPS or out of the uh, post office? What? She goes, that lady with the P.O. box for her cat just bought a shit ton of stamps. <laughs> the elf stamps. <laughs> yeah. She, like, <laughs> she saw through you like like Jim Bob's yellow she, underwear. She, I felt like she was staring straight through my soul. I felt like she could read the she, thought bubbles in my brain. I was said, like... God, I mean, I literally, my face was on fire. She's like that that bitch with the mailbox for her cat. Sure bought a lot of Christmas stamps. (laughs) I can't believe I never told you. Shout out to Cashmere at the post office. I mean, she was kind, but I was like, she knows I'm a fucking liar. She she saw right through you. She did. Yeah. 
And Shout I'm like, March 2005? Fuck, she's going to be 18 in a couple of months. Well, you know, the oldest cat in the world is 27 years so, old. So here's the thing, so. Tim. we got to hurry and actually have you go in with the tr- your two forms of ID before March so that I'm afraid that we'll be there for you. And if they're like, oh, well, now you need to bring the minor. I think if we just get in, we'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Or they're we not just gonna go- tell them not- that it's a cat. Listen, they're not just going <laughs> to randomly go through P.O. boxes and be like, oh, she turned 18. She needs to bring it herself. We just need to get you verified as a user, and I think we'll be good. And I bought the elf stamps, so we're extra covered. <laughs> I also want to point out the sad part of my job life is the fact that she was like, we just got to get in there by March. That's the saddest part. Like It is. Chef life is not glamorous. I'm no, sorry. It's not. it's not. It's bullshit. I no. love it. I'm addicted to it. I I absolutely love my craft, but it's bullshit. <laughs> but I just yep. got to get in there. I got to convince Cashmere. And then when we tell this story again, we're going to be like, we tried to go in and I had to buy 80 stamps this time. <laughs> it's going to be elf ones again. We're going to be sending stuff with forever elf stamps for six years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if we ever if we ever do like start a Patreon, we're gonna send out those Patreon tier level uh, gifts. It'll out have an elf on it, guaranteed. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, man, so yeah, so that was story. a long story to tell you that now we have a PO box. Uh, um, would you like to enlighten our our friends with what our PO box? I have is? no idea. I don't have it on me right now. Oh okay. <laughs> I'll have to put it in something. We'll I'll post it on like an Insta yeah, story or but, something. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't have I'll, it right I'll, now. At some point, we can edit the uh, episode information. I'll get that posted on there. Okay. Because I I know Mildred needs to talk to her adoring fans. Yes, Mildred is. She's the breakout star of all of this. She is living the fucking life. People want to send her. Get someone asked if she had an Amazon wish list. I'm like, Mildred <laughs> is fucking on fire. <laughs> Anyways, she's our favorite. The usual. You can follow us on Instagram for visuals and. Uh, more th- shit like this. That heart throb, that was like one. the heart throb reels that you did today, were fantastic. So yeah. shout out to anybody that sent their heart throbs. It was fun. It was fun to read everybody's stuff. Shout out to like Rachel talking- Vice in the Mummy because she was mine. It was mm. talking about how you know Kurt Cameron is a heart throb. So then I was like, who is your heart throb? And Correct. yeah, it was fun. We shared everybody's stuff. Tim shared his. I shared mine again, including mm-hmm. Power Ranger. Yeah. Tommy. Rest in power. Yep. So, yeah. So, if you follow us on Instagram, it's Digging Up the Duggars Pod. Mm-hmm. See stuff like that, like other people's uh, wet dreams. <laughs> and then um, you can always email us at diggingupthedougars at gmail. Mm-hmm. We love and, getting emails. Um, you if can I also... knew our P.O. box, you can send us a letter. <laughs> and you can buy us a pickle. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you like to know what your money goes towards, you know, you usually hear about people donating to people's legal funds. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, it's legal pad funds. I... <laughs> go through an obscene amount of legal pads i need more it is crazy the uh the deep dives are are legit i'm going through about a half a legal pad per deep deep dive it's wild yeah yeah so i'm going through i'm railing through them <laughs> so um yeah your your pickle money buys me um legal pads it's my legal fund yeah so that is what is it buy me a coffee or buy us a coffee buy me a, buy me a coffee.com slash digging up the dug digging up the dug yep all right, I think we've talked for fucking ever. I think it's uh, time to go. This has been a fun episode. I feel like we went through a lot. I feel like we got through some good things. We told some funny jokes. I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
But it's um, time to go. Yep. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and uh, we're into Cribbus season. It's so. cr- and Cribbus again. And Cribbus again. All right. Have a good week, guys.